What's happening? And welcome to another Crossroads Connect podcast. Here we discuss everything from current Crossroad events, the trending topics, and how we can reconcile God's truth with the real world we live in. of the Crossroads Connect podcast. We are real excited today. We're in the middle of a series called Ghost, where we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And with us today, we have Dave Powers. And Dave Powers uh, is a, a local recording artist, and, and he has different ministries that he's a part of. His band is called Mountain City. He's a part of a nonprofit called Worship in the Word. And so, Dave, thanks so much for joining us yeah, today. Thanks, so man. Thanks you. for letting me be here. This is cool. Absolutely. Hey, maybe you could just give us a little insight to, to who you are. What is Worship in the Word? Uh, if I go to Mountain City, I'm guessing that's some sort of hard metal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Worship in the Word is a nonprofit organization we started in 2006. We basically go around to churches, speak, lead worship there. We've been doing that for 14 years, which has been really fun. Uh, but we also record music. So if you're on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, any of that stuff, you can type in worship and the word, and uh, you'll see my wife's beautiful face and my ugly mug <laughs> staring at you. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're just releasing music every six weeks, fresh worship stuff, yeah. songwriting with people. You guys have done some live stuff too, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. tons and of that. I, I'm, I'm glad that we became friends on Facebook so that I get to enjoy some of that as well. So I really appreciate that. So, uh, and I know that you've, you've known Matt for a really, I don't know, how, how long have you guys known each other? Oh, man, probably close to 15 years. So the funny story is um, the first weekend that I actually preached at Crossroads, which was about four weeks after I started here, uh, the worship leader that was here was on vacation. And so Dave came in and led worship that morning. And so I met Dave four weeks into my Crossroads career here. And from that, we've just become friends over the years. And Mountain City has come and done a couple of Christmas concerts for us. And um, yeah, Dave is just one of the guys that I just so admire in my life uh, for his walk. And like I say all the time, and if you're at Crossroads, you've probably heard this. We were joking about this before the show, that whenever I mention Dave, it's Dave Powers, the guy who drinks coffee with the Holy Spirit in the morning. And so um, it's fitting that he's in here with us talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. In fact, he should probably be preaching the sermons that I'm trying to preach. Oh, I don't uh, know about that. (laughs) So... That's the humility of the spirit coming through Dave right now, so that's good. Uh, no, it's awesome. Dave, we're, we're just really excited to have you here with us and be able to have uh, some really good conversations about who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, and and so today, uh, we're going to be talking about that, the Holy Spirit. We're going to uh, be sharing a little bit about uh, what we learn from, from, from Scripture about who the Holy Spirit is, and then we're going to get into some practical things as well about what it looks like to live uh, by being led by the Spirit. But before we jump into too much of that uh, deep stuff... Let's just have a little fun. I was thinking about uh, my childhood and, and books that uh, I thought were amazing when I was a kid. And so, Matt, do you have any books that you thought you, do you when you look at your your, your memory, your, your history as, as being a small child, what books stick out to you? Yeah, uh, Systematic Theology by Wayne Gruden. <laughs> yeah, I, I, knew, I knew that was what you were going to say. <laughs> no, uh, when I was a kid, man, and still to, actually to this day, some of my favorite books are Dr. Seuss books. Um, I love the Dr. Seuss books. And so probably my childhood favorite book is Green Eggs and Ham. And so my kids, 
love that book, probably because of the way that I read it and how excited and passionate I get when I read it. And so about once a month, one of my kids, even my 12-year-old, will go, Dad, can you just read Green Eggs and Ham for us? And so I can almost like quote the whole thing. In fact, on sound checks at Northland um, or here at Thornton when we're doing sound checks, sometimes I'll just start quoting Green Eggs and Ham and walking through. And who's ever there, like everybody just stops and is like, watching like i can't believe like <laughs> spellbound this guy's crazy maybe you should so, jump into some sort of audiobook kind of yeah uh, you know uh, that can be your side gig there yeah Matt, there matt's doing audio dr seuss books there we go I that like would it. Be, that'd be a lot of fun yeah. what about you dave uh let's see one of my favorites was a book called the king and his six friends uh really cool illustration actually in that book it's a captivating art but it's a story of a king who lost his kingdom and then set out to find a new one because the king that took over kicked him out. So he was a king without a kingdom. And okay. it, it was, it's like this journey of him finding friends and showing kindness to people along the way until he finds this girl that he really wants to marry. But this her dad is like a super control freak. So he puts him through these impossible tests. And if he can get through them, then he can win her hand. And so it's the how he pulled together, together the team and the gift uh, mix of the team to accomplish the impossible tasks. Uh, is a really cool story. And at the end of it, they said uh, one of the guys that worked for the control freak king was like, you guys pretty much did all the work and he got the girl. So what's up with that? And the guy said, oh, man, he played a profound role because he led us. Ah. And so it's a book about, I think, even from a, a young age, I was like, oh, leadership. Yes, this okay, is good. You funny. know How to um, befriend people and not in the context of this top-down authoritative leadership, but in the context of friendship and relationship and investing in people, how along the way you can um, be an influencer. And so that, that book was about influence and leadership, and I loved it. Your book has way more depth than the book that I was thinking of. <laughs> Mine was just about a witch trying to steal animals to cook them in a stew. So. <laughs> There's got to be. But they here, here we go. I, I can tie it in here. It, it was called, uh, it was, the book was called Eek. It was like Eek, but it was about a witch that wanted to make fox hair and woodpecker stew. And so that's the whole book is, is she catches this fox and this rabbit and this woodpecker, but then they have to team up together in order to escape. And so fox hair, and I always remembered it as fox hair and woodpecker stew, but the book is actually called Eek. Eek yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, so that's not, awesome. not near as profound, I don't think. <laughs> but, uh, well, the Holy Spirit is, is something that is, um, it, it, it kind of depends on, on what your upbringing was. Uh, I grew up in the Friends Church, and the Friends Church puts a lot of uh, emphasis on, on being led by the Spirit. Um, obviously, there, there's charismatic uh, denominations out there that have a lot of emphasis on, on the Holy Spirit. And, and I think that when, when we think about who He is and, and what He does, uh, people either embrace it or, or there's almost sometimes even a fear uh, of who he is and, and or a fear that it gets misused or he gets misrepresented. Um, and so we really just wanted to have a conversation uh, authentically today about who is the Holy Spirit, um, how do we walk with him, um, and, and what is it, what's that practical implication for us in our lives? And so, uh, Dave, we were, we were chatting a little bit beforehand. We want to we wanna really, uh, in everything that we do, we always want to base it off of what Scripture tells us to be true, right? And so uh, you had some, some really good insights that you were sharing with us a little bit earlier, and I, I'd love to just turn it over to you, and if you wanted to share some of those things with us again, I, I, it was just really good. Okay, cool. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we were talking earlier about the concept, okay, so in the Hebrew language, the the word name has five implications. One is character, 
rank, authority, reputation, and then you can be a representative of somebody, like you can go in their name. Uh, Theoretically, when we pray, we say, in Jesus' name, amen, which means what you're saying by implication is what I just prayed, I am 100% sure that Jesus would agree with. I am using his name. I'm coming in his name. I'm declaring these things in his name because I know what I just prayed aligns with his character, his authority, his reputation, and his, you know, as representatives. Like, that's kind of a big deal. In fact, when I learned that, it started changing the way that I, quote, ended my prayers. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm actually not sure if Jesus really would approve of what I just prayed. So I'm not sure if I can say, in Jesus' name, let these things be done. So with that in mind, the word name is a profound concept. And the way, a primary way that God has revealed to us, his character, his rank, his authority, or his reputation, is through the names that he reveals throughout Scripture. So, you know, you'll be reading through and it'll say, um, like I remember uh, John chapter 14. Jesus said, guys, i got to get out of here so that Father can send the Holy Spirit. This is John 14, 26. He says the exact same thing, or at least similarly, in John 15, 26. Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. But he uses a specific word, comforter. Holy Spirit is the comforter. What that reveals is part of his character, part of his authority, part of his rank. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, then how in the world are you going to get the comfort of God? So he reveals different things through his names. And so what I was thinking about last night was just, it would be fun to read off some of these names of the Holy Spirit, just so that maybe as I read a few of these names, you could get a better idea of who the person of the Holy Spirit is. So is that cool if I do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was just going to preface it by I think that a lot of times people, um, uh, I mean, because God is so, you know, God is one and three, you know, and, and all that that complication of, of who God is that I think a lot of times people think uh, of Jesus when maybe they might actually be thinking Holy Spirit. And so um, I just kind of want to preface that because I think that as you read through these, uh, Jesus will automatically trigger in a lot of people's minds, even though it's a descriptor of the Holy Spirit. That's really good. In fact, we were talking before the show about how one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. It's His Spirit. So He's not here physically, but His Spirit is. That's called the Holy Spirit. So if you don't like the Holy Spirit, you don't like Jesus. It's His Spirit. You can't separate Jesus from his spirit any more than you can separate you from your spirit. You know, that is not happening. Your spirit is the, the core or the essence of who you are. Your body lives, but you're, you know, to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. What is that? What does that mean? It means your spirit's with God. So anyway, um, yeah, check out some of these names, man. They're amazing. Um, in Job 33, the Holy Spirit's called the breath of the Almighty. Uh, John 14 and 15, which we already talked about. He's the comforter. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, the eternal spirit. Psalm 51, the free spirit. Acts chapter 5 calls him God. Uh, The good spirit in Nehemiah and in Psalms. The Holy Spirit, the most commonly used phrase. But check out some of these. The power of the highest the spirit of adoption. You know, I had the privilege of adopting my youngest son. Um, The way that he was transferred 
from one family into mine legally and now gets to receive the inheritance as my son. It's so profound. I mean, it's how we get into the family of God is through inheritance. How do you get into the family of God? By the spirit of adoption. You were adopted into the family. Who did it? Who did the adoption ceremony? It was the Holy Spirit. So yeah, so he's, so he's very cool. <laughs> he's very important. We like the Holy Spirit. Um, the spirit of burning in Isaiah 4, the spirit of Christ in Romans 9 and 1 Peter 1, the spirit of counsel. Check this out. If you need some really great advice, talk to the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of counsel. He's full of amazing advice. Uh, 1 Peter 4, the spirit of glory, the spirit of God, the spirit of grace. I really like that one. You know, here's an interesting thing. There's there's two kind of classic definitions for the word grace. And sorry if I'm monologuing, guys. Is this okay? No, no, no you're totally good. Go okay, at it. I don't want to be like boring you guys to tears here. No. Okay. So there's two kind of classic definitions for the word grace. One is unmerited favor. You know, getting something that you don't deserve. Um, or no, is that mercy? Mercy is getting something. What's the difference there? It's it's the difference. It's like. Um, Mercy is when you get don't get what you do deserve. Right. Yes. Grace is when you get what you don't deserve. Yes. Okay, very good. <clears throat> so we've got unmerited favor for one definition. But the other definition is interesting. It's Holy Spirit empowerment to help you be who you are made to be and do what you are made to do. In other words, you can work like crazy, really hard, your entire life trying to Become who God created you to be, but you won't ever be able to get there unless you have grace. And it's interesting because in First Peter it says that essentially if you humble yourself before God, he pours out his grace on you. In other words, humility is a trigger, a mechanism that releases the grace of God to your life. So when it says the spirit of grace, he's like, I have the, the power to actually help you be who you were made to do. And from your being, from who you are, I will empower you to do what I created you to do. Oh, I love this yeah. stuff, man. There's a really good analogy that I heard once, which was um, chopping down trees. Like I can go chop down a tree and I have an ax and I start chopping away, right? It's a big tree. It takes me forever to chop that thing down. And, and, and eventually I can get it down. I can get down the one tree, right? Um, and, and if that's what I'm called to be is a tree chopper, you know, um, that's great. You chopped down that one tree, you worked really hard at it. It wasn't a matter of not trying or not putting in the effort. Um, but then the flip of that is when you have the power of the Holy Spirit upon you or, or, or the, his favor on you, it's like using a chainsaw, right? Where all of a sudden you're doing the same job. It doesn't take near as much work and you get tons more done um, because of the power of God that is behind it. And so when I think about the spirit and, and his power and everything that you were just talking about um, in that, I think about, man, when we humbly submit to God and, and we allow that grace and favor to fall upon us, um, it's almost becomes effortless that the, 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 it, it just, it's, it's a, rea it's a, it's like a, a scientific chemical reaction, right? Like you can't, help it. It just happens. Um, as opposed to it's something that I'm doing. Um, and so I, I just always really, uh, appreciated that analogy and trying to understand, uh, how the Holy Spirit impacts us and, and the things that we do in our lives. And so, um, yeah, that's really good. What, what about you, Matt, as you think about God's word, as you think about your relationship with the Holy Spirit, what, what things 
stick out for you? Yeah, I think in terms of what Dave was sharing there in the grace and the empowerment that comes upon us in terms of the spirit, I think that when we think of and tie really together the Old Testament and New Testament when it comes to the spirit, like there's this profoundness where uh, it doesn't make sense for us to to push the spirit away. Because the reality is, is when we look at the Old Testament, the spirit didn't fall on everyone. The spirit fell on God's chosen ones, right? That it was the kings and the prophets that the spirit fell upon, and it was for a specific time and a specific season. And really, those people in the Old Testament served as the representative, the mouthpiece of of God in those moments, right? And it was something that they knew was happening to them and something that was significant for them. And so, like one of the the huge moments in the Old Testament is when David sins with Bathsheba, and in his prayer, he's praying, right? Father, don't take your spirit from me. Now, what he wasn't praying there was not like that I'm not going to become a believer anymore, right? Like that's that wasn't on the table. What he was praying is, God, don't allow me not to be the chosen one anymore. Don't allow me, like, I still want to represent you. I still want to represent you. I still want to, like, like be your representative to this world. Don't take your spirit from me. And so then we see, and we fast forward to the New Testament, and we see Jesus, and at Jesus's, like, baptism party, the spirit descends upon Jesus, and for everybody paying attention there from Hebrew backing would have gone this is the mark of the chosen one. Like, this is the one that has been chosen. This is the representative of God um, in this space and in this time. And Jesus lives his life more so than we've ever seen, right? And the empowerment and the walking in the spirit of of being this one who is uh, speaking representative in the authority of God. And then you get to John 14 and John 16, where Jesus makes this crazy claim, right? That it's advantageous for him to leave so that the spirit can come upon and the disciples don't get it and they don't understand it. Um, And what's so weird about that moment is that what Jesus was saying to them as believers and now to every single one of us as believers, that as the spirit comes into us, um, that we we are God's representatives in this, that we are the chosen ones. And just like the dove descended upon Jesus, right, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the baptism, so too when we believe in Jesus, that the Spirit descends upon us. And it's like this amazing um, uh, rank, to use your words earlier, Dave, um, that we're given, uh, that we are in the same light as King David to the world. Um, or to the prophet Isaiah, or whoever the Spirit fell on. Like, like we hold that same positional authority and relationship as those guys did. And I sit back and I look at that and I go, man, like when in my life have I sat back after something that's happened in my life where I haven't represented uh, Jesus very well and prayed the earnest prayer that David prayed, like, God, don't take your Spirit from me. You know, not in a, this is going to lose my salvation kind of way, but, but God, I'm I'm your, I'm the one that you've chosen to to bring about grace into this world, or at least to represent grace in this world. And um, so when I when I think of the Holy Spirit in that way, I'm talking about names. One of my favorite names in the Old Testament is Isaiah's, when it's the uh, Yahweh Ruach, right? Like the breath of of the Lord in that space, as reference to the messianic promise that's fulfilled in Matthew, uh, when the dove descends upon Jesus. And so, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. There's there's so many things when it comes to the Holy Spirit and it becomes uh, that 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 genuine walk of, of relationship with with Jesus, right? God with us, Emmanuel, right? That that is walking with the Spirit is recognizing that in everything that I do, everywhere that I go, um, that that 
Jesus, his, his presence, his spirit is with me in what I do. And I think that that's one of the things that um, sometimes we get mixed up when it comes to, to Western church is uh, we think that the power of God or the work of God is, is in our church buildings. Um, and and we, we say this all the time, right? Like we, we recognize that the church is the people uh, and not the building, but yet it, somehow it doesn't always translate to um, what does that look like when I'm, when I'm grocery shopping, right? Uh, when I remember being in high school and, and learning who the Holy Spirit was, and I worked at Walgreens, um, and uh, learning how to take Jesus with me even into the mundane work of working at cash register, right? And and God, how can you use me to bring hope to every person that comes through my line? Um, the the other thing was is when I, I wasn't necessarily doing my job to its best potential. So I don't know if you guys ever worked retail, but you have to pull all the products forward, right? We called it facing. Um, and so I I learned quickly, you can make the front row look really nice, even though everything behind it is crap. And, so, <laughs> right. um, and I just remember being uh, another work of the spirit, right, is to convict us and to say, hey, what you are doing is not right. And and I just remember distinctly feeling that, that nudge of the spirit going, uh, you're not really giving me your best in this. And I'm like, oh, you mean I'm supposed to give you my best even in, in, in the dumb work that I do as far as pulling products forward on a shelf? Um, and that was, that was transformational for me as, as a kid and, and something that I don't always, I hate that God teaches me or has taught me something in the past and then life happens and you forget it. And it's like, ah, oh, why? I forgive you Israelites for all your stupidity because I'm right there with you. Uh, but um, it, that's just such a, a good reminder of man and everything that I do, the way that I drive my car, Jesus is there with me. You know, um, when it comes to sharing my faith with somebody else, like people freak out about, man, how am I supposed to share my faith with someone else? And it's like, you don't actually have to worry about that because if you humbly submit yourself, like what Dave said earlier, that the spirit of God will actually come upon you and, and use you and speak through you. And you could say really dumb stuff and somehow God takes it changes it in the air and it enters into someone's ear as the thing that they needed to hear that, that transforms their life. And, uh, I, I've heard many stories where people go, man, I don't remember saying that at all, you know, <laughs> but, but God did something miraculous in that moment. So, uh, Hey Jared, as we shift into the practical, into the space, um, maybe like one of the things I want to hear from Dave is because one of the like stories that's always lived with me, um, and one of the reasons that I wanted you to come on the podcast today is because um, part of Dave's story is actually starting uh, what became the largest Christian music uh, venue or festival, I guess, uh, in the United States in Heaven Fest here in Denver. And that was a movement of the spirit in Dave's life and in that. And and at its height, at its pinnacle, uh, I'll never forget having a conversation when I ran into Dave at a Chick-fil-A, oddly enough. And um, our kids were kind of playing together and we were sitting there and we were just catching up on life. And it was like the pinnacle of heaven fest. And Dave looked at me and said, yeah, you know, the spirit's calling me away from this and he's calling me to start a, a window business. Right. And, and I was like, who does that? Like, are you sure that's what the spirit's saying to you? <laughs> like, I think you're like, hearing you, wrong. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, again, you should go get another, you should add some Chick-fil-A sauce to that sandwich. Right. Like, uh, in that space. And I think that, um, when it comes to like just that story, but even our relationship over the years, Dave, of just seeing um, the way that you practically walk with the spirit. And I think that that's not normal while it maybe should be normal in the life of the believer. I don't know that it is. 
And so maybe what's like cultivated that in your heart to where you would walk away from what most people would say is like the pinnacle of a musician's career in terms of what was created with Heaven Fest. Um, and then God saying, hey, like start a whiz- window business, cleaning windows. And like for me, I would step back and go like, what the heck, God? Like, no, <laughs> thank you. Let me know when you have a better offer kind of thing. But but you did it. And so anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear even just the process of how you got there. Uh, how I got to the decision to step away from. Yeah. Like what, what was your process of, of, of walking with the spirit and hearing him say what he asked you to do? Well, in that particular context, um, that was kind of a process of hanging out with the Holy Spirit a bunch. So when people ask me, Drinking okay, coffee with him in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Morning, yeah. 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 So when people ask me, well, first of all, how do you discern the difference between your voice, your imagination, and God's voice? My response to that is always, um, I've noticed for me that the more I hang out with God in the Bible, the better I do at discerning my voice, someone else's voice, and God's voice. So because you start to become connected to what they are saying, the spirit in which they say it, you're like, ah, that's, that's totally something God would say versus no, that's totally something I would say, (laughs) you know, that's, that's a difference. Um, so when you really boil it down, I just say the more you hang out with somebody, the better you get to discern their voice. So for instance, if I called you, Jared, um, from a number that wasn't in your phone, um, called you from a weird number and I just said, Hey bro, how you doing? I would think I was talking to myself. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, what, what's that deliciously velvety voice you That's have? Right. No. You'd say, who is this? And I'd say, it's me. And you'd say, uh-huh. Yeah, me who? It's Dave. Well, I know 50 Daves. So which Dave is this? And by the way, this is getting tedious and tiresome. And I got stuff to do, so if you don't cough it up and let me know who this is, conversation's done. I'd say, it's Dave Powers. And you'd be like, oh, Dave. Okay, got it. The reason that we would have that whole dialogue is because you and I don't talk frequently on the phone. But if you and I talk three days, a t- you know, three times a day for the next three months, I could call you from a number that's not in your phone and say, what's up, bro? And you'd be like, hey, man, what are you doing? What number are you calling me from? Because we've spent the time hanging out, you would start to know and discern my voice from somebody else's. Similarly, um, I've spent a bunch of time hanging out in the Bible meditating on the word of God, you know, just chewing on it, but not for the purpose of sermon preparation or podcasts or whatever, for the purpose of friendship. I actually like Jesus. I like the Holy Spirit. I like the Father. I love them as well. But I've, I've tried to develop, and I'm not like a pro at it, but I tried to develop an actual genuine friendship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I guess that's kind of some groundwork for where you're going. So I I spend a bunch of time um, with God and with Holy Spirit. And what's crazy is the more time you spend with them, you can actually start to discern the difference between Father speaking to you, Jesus speaking to you, and Holy Spirit speaking to you. They all say different things. So if somebody's looking for context about, well, where does it ever say in the Bible that the Holy Spirit speaks? Well, just look over there in the book of Acts I think it's chapter 12 or 11. Uh, somebody can fact check me on this. But it's Paul and, um, Paul and Barnabas are hanging out 
with a bunch of leaders in Antioch, and they're all praying. It says in there, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to do. That's not the only example. There's a bunch of examples of actually Holy Spirit speaking. Obviously, there's examples of Jesus speaking, and clearly there's a bunch of examples of Father speaking. So why would it be any different for us now that each one, of each member of the Trinity, of the Trinitarian family, let's say, Father can speak to you, so can Jesus, so can Holy Spirit. And the more you hang out with them, the more you'll be able to discern those, you know, who's talking to you, which is so fun. Like one time Jesus yelled at me. Oh, it was beautiful too. Can I take this rabbit yeah, trail really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Run it, run right. rabbit away. So I'm working at this church and I'm in like young 20s and um, I'm getting that thing that young 20s of people get and sometimes people that are older too. But it's like, I'm not sure if I want to work at church anymore. You know, there's all these politics and it's this upper level, you know, this hierarchical structure. And I'm not just even sure about if this is biblical and all this stuff, you know. So I'd been running my mouth talking to people about these concepts. I was leaving work that day, working as a a worship pastor at this church. And I was in a bad attitude, driving out of the parking lot. And this voice speaks to me and says, you are so prideful. It shook me to the core. I actually responded out loud. I said, what are you talking about? He said, okay, I've showed you some things that could be better about church and community, let's say. You developed all your own thoughts. You didn't even ask me. You didn't circle back around, ask me my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings, anything. You just developed your own stream of thought and went and started blabbing it to everybody. So here's the deal. You've been talking garbage about my woman the church. I don't like it. How would you like it if somebody talked garbage about your wife? I said, I would not tolerate it. I'd and be the angry. the rainstorms came and the thunder light. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't tolerate it. And he said, I don't like it when you talk garbage about my church. He, then he said this, how in the world are you and I supposed to be friends if you hate what I love the most? How are we supposed to connect heart to heart when you're talking garbage about my bride? Even more so in that, that space, right? Like in that role that you had even within the bride of Christ, right? Of leading other people, like our, our leading of people to Jesus is always the outflow of what's going. Yeah. I've had similar experiences in that space where like I get to the space and it's, it's like, like God is speaking to me and going, how dare you? Totally. <laughs> you know, uh, in the yeah. space and the repentance that comes out of that. Well, see, that's what happened. I was driving down the road, down Highway 7, crying my eyes out. I was saying, I am so sorry for talking garbage about your woman. I, I am so sorry. For 30 minutes, I drove down the road and cried. And then at the end of it, I said, could you do me a favor? And I don't know if I can handle all of it, but could you transfer or grow in me? some of your love for your church. And from that moment, my perspective and heart changed toward the church. Instead of chucking rocks, I was trying to add value. One of the things he said to me on the ride home was, sometimes when I give people insight about the current state of the church, they don't like it and they leave. Well, how in the world is anything going to get changed 
if the people I'm giving insight to bail. That's not how that works. Nothing's going to change if all you guys are leaving. So I was like, well, oh, that's actually a really great point. And um, I said later, as it I was... It helps to discern the spirit or, or, or Jesus when they're talking to you, when they tell you something that there's no way you could have come up with it on your own. 100%. <laughs> yeah, because I was in a mood. Yeah. I was in a stream of thinking and then, boom, interrupted. Well, later I was reflecting on that conversation and it occurred to me, that was Jesus yelling at me. He was telling me, I don't like what you're doing. Knock it off. And how do I know? Well, because I spent time in the Word. And out of those, out of Father, Son, and Spirit, Jesus is the one that refers to the church as his bride. Yeah. So I knew. I got yelled at by Jesus yeah. that day. It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was terrifying, and I cried my eyes out for 30 minutes. But it changed something in me. It shifted something in me. So anyway, long-winded way to say that the more you hang out with them, the more you can discern their voice. And I know that I haven't even got to your original question. Yeah, but no, it's fine. You, you, you've answered it without being specific to the situation, I think. Um, and there, there's just so much I feel like we can talk about on this subject. Um, and so uh, my hope is that maybe there might be an opportunity to, to have part two, um, possibly. Um, we are, uh, we're kind of wrapping down. I, I want to get to our ask anything segment before we run out of time, but, uh, man, such good, profound stuff. I, I feel like, uh, so much of our, our spiritual, our spirituality and our walk with Jesus can be, uh, driven with headspace, um, and having the rubber hit the road and having it lived out practically is, so good and so important. And so I, I love that you're able to, to share those stories of, because to me, that's when our, our faith becomes exciting and fun and, and interactive and, and not just something that I know about. So uh, thank you so much, Dave, for, for sharing that. And uh, I want to ask this question because uh, this is a, we're going to move into our Ask Anything segment, um, which is uh, you all who are listening have uh, actually sent in questions, not specifically to the podcast, but to Crossroads Church to ask during our, our message series, Ask Anything. And and we aren't able to get to all of those. And so we're going to answer one of those today. And in it, it actually pertains a little bit to uh, what we're talking about today. So here we go. Ask anything. Ask anything. Ask anything. Ask anything. Ask anything. Ask anything. What does the Bible say about spiritual warfare? Praying for, te- praying for protection against demonic activity and demonic influence uh, in the church and in the world. And so, man, I'm going to shift over to you. And, and I know that you've been thinking about this answer a little bit. And so what do you have for us? Yeah, so I think that, um, you know, uh, in the church when it comes to demonic activity, particularly probably in our, like, walk of, of faith belief um, here at Crossroads, we probably hold, like, the demonic, like, maybe it doesn't really exist, right? Or at least we're blind to it, we run away from it, and and there's a lot of good reasons for it, right? Like... <laughs> Uh, we never want to be demon chasers, you know. In fact, the when we read the scriptures, those who tried to be demon chasers usually got whooped by the demons. That was a good and band, though. That, <laughs> a demon hunter, right? Demon hunter, yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. so when it comes to that, but you know, we've had experience, and I've had profound experiences when, when it comes to this. And so, like one of the actually uh, just a personal story um, of when I was in high school, actually here at the church, um, I was on the leadership team here, and we were doing a. Uh, an uh, evening kind of thing, uh, like a lock-in. And uh, there was this kid there that was just uh, obnoxious is probably the best way to describe it, but 
disruptive, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he got, we kind of went into this back room. It was the youth leader here, myself, um, and two other people, and just kind of talked to him about what was going on. Uh, and it was so apparent that there was, there was actually like possession having taken place. And the youth leader here just prayed um, over this guy and that he would be released from whatever he was dealing with. And in that moment, he turned bright red and threw up all over the place. And it was like, that moment was like, I got to get out of here. It was like, we were in a different world uh, in that space. And I'll never forget that experience and how scary it was. And at the same time, how real it was. And even in the midst of that, I would say there was probably even some peace in terms of what had experienced. I mean, once I was able to like come out of like the, the craziness of what just happened, um, that like Jesus was really in that moment, that God was in that moment. And so um, I guess when it comes to spiritual warfare and what the Bible says about it, we certainly probably could share personal experiences in that space. But I think the the big pieces, or at least where I typically go to, is Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul tells us that the battle is not between flesh and blood, but but there's a whole other world that's happening. Um, I think actually when you look at Greek mythology, they, they kind of at least portray this. Uh, maybe the closest that we can grab a hold of it, right? Where where there is a war that's happening in the spiritual space, right? Like even when Jesus is at his crucifixion and Peter decides that he's going to, you know, take matters into his own hands and Peter kind of calls, or Jesus calls him to task and is like, man, like if I just pulled back heaven for a moment, like you, you don't actually need to fight my battle in this space. And we never actually realized that. But Paul realized that. And in Ephesians chapter six told us like, look, be mindful of the spirit in this space. And then he goes on, Right. And he gives us and says, hey, look, so every day put on the armor of God. And he walks through what that armor of God is so that we can handle uh, the spiritual world that's coming at us. And I oftentimes tell people that, you know, <laughs> the scary thing about walking with Jesus is that the, the deeper your life goes with Jesus, expect more um, resistance in your life. Um, you know, when we read about people in Scripture, none of them. Um, led easy lives in the space. And um, if our lives are cushy and and everything is is going the way that we think it should go, um, we're probably, our relationship with Jesus probably is not where it needs to be at. Um, because at least in Paul's life, he said every day you need to put on the armor because the spiritual world is real. And so that's where I would point to. I don't know, Dave, do you have any thoughts when it comes to the spiritual spiritual world? Yes, I have tons, loads. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you did a great job. Um yeah, you see throughout Scripture, there's all kinds of different um, spiritual realities happening kind of behind the scenes. When Daniel prays and says, God, it's time for us to head back, man. It's been 70 years. It's time to go back. Um, he prayed for three weeks, I think it was, and this angel showed up in one of his prayer times and said, man, from the second you started praying, I got dispatched from heaven. But I got caught up because the prince of Persia, he was referencing another dark spirit, uh, held me up. And so I actually had to get reinforcements. We broke through and I finally got here. But but just want to let you know that you've been heard and things have been set in motion. That story is so amazing. I know. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. And so um, not only is that applicable for Daniel's day, it's 100% applicable for today. And I think you guys said something interesting. Our tendency is to run into the rational, into the education space, into the theology space and all that stuff. Um but I do work extensively 
almost weekly, I'm helping people process and or get free from dark stuff that's messing with them. That is a fascinating space. I have a lot to say about it. It'd be really fun to talk about it. Maybe that's like part of part, part two three. or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But it is fascinating stuff and uh, it's very real. And the good news is when the spirit of God is in you, like who's stronger than that? Nobody's stronger than that. There are some spiritual rules that uh, are at play where dark spirits have legal reasons to mess with people like unforgiveness is one of those reasons you got unforgiveness in your life you're signing yourself up to get messed with by dark spirits why because that gives them a legal reason to you uh, to mess with you when you forgive that legal reason is eliminated and they got to go so anyway all kinds of stuff we could talk about here oh and i love this it's it's fascinating stuff but uh thanks for including me in in uh part of the response at least i think that um, prayer has a huge part to play. I think that developing a genuine friendship with God has a huge part to play in um, creating spiritual authority. This is really what it comes down to, is this is an authority type of realm. And demons or whatever, they respond to authority. That's why they responded to Jesus. That's why they didn't respond to the guys that, you know, the seventh son, sons of Sceva, that story. They're like, well, we know Jesus, we know Paul, but who are you? And they start be- wailing on this, yeah. these people. Um, this is a spiritual authority issue, and you can grow in that, which is cool. So, anyway. And it's been given, right? Like, yeah. that's the last thing that Jesus said is, man, I give you my authority. authority has I give been it given. to you. That's you right. have it. Uh, my grandma used to say, if you feel like you're getting messed with, it's probably because you're doing something right. Um, and so that's all, you know, that's kind of one of those catch 22 comforts, you know, uh, right. you know, but uh, <laughs> I always appreciated when, when she would say that. And so, uh, well, Dave, thank, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, you know, if you haven't checked out, uh, uh, Mountain City, please do uh, check out Dave and their music and uh, become Dave's friend on Facebook because uh, then you get to see all of his fun live stuff as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully, Dave, maybe we can get you to come back and we can we can continue this conversation. You're right. There's just there's so many different directions that we can go with this. And it's, it's been really good today. So I appreciate you. Appreciate you too, Matt, and, and all that uh, you continue to do for us and, and Crossroads Church. And so uh, be sure uh, to check us out on, on YouTube uh, and uh, on Facebook. And we'd love to see you uh, at one of our weekend services, either in-house or at crossroadsabc.live. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful week.